Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Fandom Show. This is the show where we talk to our favorites about their favorites. Uh, I am one of your hosts, Stephanie Malik, And I am Kaya Green. Welcome to the Fandom Show! We're so excited to have you here. We're so excited for today's episode. Hell yeah! Uh, so today's episode is about literally the greatest story of all time. Maybe the greatest uh, story greatest of all series. You can have opinions about it. It doesn't matter. I think it's the greatest series of all time. Your opinions matter, but also <laughs> it's the greatest series of all time. <laughs> uh, originally written by J.R.R. Tolkien, The Lord of the Rings is the story of Frodo, a young hobbit tasked with destroying an all-powerful ring before its evil master claims it. Uh, the books have been a global uh, a global phenomenon, having been published in at least 38 languages, as well as being turned into cartoons, comics, board games, and of course, uh, three Oscar-winning films. Uh, whether it's watching the trilogies annually, especially around the holidays, or doing a regular reread of the books, people cannot get enough of the adventures of Middle Earth. And one of those people I'm very excited to announce is Molly Ostertag, an award-winning graphic novelist, a 30 under 30 Forbes scholar, very cool and fancy, and a writer for children's TV animation. I can't speak. Children's TV animation. There we go. Uh, she's worked as a designer on the show Star vs. the Forces of Evil and a writer for Thundercats Roar and The Owl House, which is awesome and you should check it out. Uh, her middle grade graphic novel debut, The Witch Boy, came out in 2017 from Scholastic and is being adapted into a feature film for Netflix, which is also awesome. Um, it's followed by the sequel, The Hidden Witch, in 2018, and New York Times bestseller, The Midwinter Witch, in 2019. That is that thing back there. Um, her latest book, The Girl from the Sea, debuted at number one on the YA bestseller list on June 1st, 2021. Please welcome the absolutely incredible Molly Ostertag. flustered right now <laughs> well um, i mean all of those are just facts those so are facts about you. i know <laughs> that's pretty Ter- cool terrifying um <laughs> but truly we are here for the only important thing which is about hobbits and how much i love them uh, you know what the most important thing i think yeah. for a lot of people yeah. legitimately like the, sorry this is not a brag you already talked about the forbes thing they like emailed me to like interview me before they, to decide if they were going to give me a Forbes 30 under 30. I don't even really know what it is, but I was like so <laughs> deep in the fandom. It was like last year and I was so deep in it. And I was like, well, I write a lot of Hobbit fan fiction. Like, I don't know what you're talking to me for. And then they were like, your books. <laughs> it's fine. Oh, oh, oh the thing that I do. Right? So I got that award probably for my Hobbit fan fiction is what I'm saying. <laughs> Honestly, I feel like they should be giving out that award for Hobbit fan fiction. Really? I've read it. It's great. It's very good. It's so good. Oh, Give so many feelings. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, have you you've written enough that you've bound it in a book? Is that correct? Yeah. Extremely. Oh. Listen, I I I think over the last year I've had this like belief that we should lean into the slightly cringy things that we love and just embrace them. And there is no such thing as cringe. And so I am like like 
wrote, wrote a beautiful story and then illustrated it and then bound it. I wish actually it's in my living room. I wish I had it, but it's very pretty. <laughs> well, I'll go on to Molly's uh, Instagram. We'll, we'll give it at the end of the yeah, episode. Yeah, I think it's There's on pictures there. on there, I think. Yeah. yeah. Super cool. Yeah. And uh, this is the show for cringe and loving your cringe and leaning I mean, right into your cringe. Yeah. So it's just, the very just like, I'm almost 30 and it's like, there's nothing, ex- there's like no reason not to pretend that I love this stuff like so so deeply so absolutely not is there anything better about getting older than just a lack of shame oh my god (laughs) it's really cool I feel like I've just had it in like the last year or two where I'm just like oh I don't I don't care like I mean I care about a lot of things but I what people's opinions of me caring about them is not one of them and that's pretty cool I wish I could have given that to myself when I was like 15. <laughs> yeah. If you're watching this and you're 15, if anybody cares about whether you love hobbits, please ignore them. <laughs> yeah. them but also <laughs> like it, I think it, you, ha- you just have to go through those feelings. Like it yeah. just takes a time to get to the point where you're like, I'm old now. Like I just yeah. want to have fun. Yeah. yeah. And we and approve. Anyone who's not going to be like, love the thing that you love and going to look down on you for that is not necessarily a person whose opinion should at the, in the long run actually matter to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, Absolutely. You know, Oh, there's so much to talk about. So we're just going to jump right into our first segment called Tell Us Everything. All right. So we're just going to jump right in. First question. How did you first get into Lord of the Rings? Um, yeah, and that was, I, I love that bumper. There's so many different people and characters. Um, that was, that was like trying to spot them all. Um, okay. yeah, my, my dad, uh, who has always been like really supportive of me being a huge nerd, um, read me the books when I was really little. I think, I know it was like around when I was learning to read because, so I was probably like five or six. Cause I remember like looking over his shoulder and like figuring out how paragraphs worked and like kind of learning to read by watching him read Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit. So they go very, very deep for me where I just like, that's the magical thing about those books that they kind of feel you're like, is this real? Is this like, I don't know, has this, like, is this a history maybe or a mythology? I'm not totally sure what it is. And so I just like grew up feeling like it was incredibly real. Um, And then the movies came out when I think I was 11 and they just like hit me like a ton of bricks. Um, All of these like childhood memories of getting these stories um, uh, really took me over. I was like going through a hard time in in school and like socially and everything. And I just like fully dove into the world of Middle Earth for a while. Um, I was definitely the kid who was like like writing an elvish on the side of my like homework and stuff and my teachers were like what is this um very respectable yeah (laughs) i I agree um so yeah that was like i think i think i've had it i've had like eras of lord of the rings in my life so that was like one era and then i was kind of like that was a little embarrassing and like then the hobbit movies came out and i was like oh these are these are really embarrassing (laughs) like maybe like and not to like i think i can appreciate them now but at the time i was like these are not they do not measure up to the original trilogy, which is what I really wanted. And so I was like, okay, maybe it's all embarrassing. And then um, in the last couple of years, I've just been like letting myself go back to it. Um, as I said, like not being afraid of being cringe and it's been so wonderful. And then I think um, last year in particular, we rewatched it all in one day with a friend and just all the feelings, all the pandemic feelings, all the like California wildfire feelings, like all the, the fear at the world and being with like the person that I had just married and being like, we were stuck in our house together, trying to care for each other while the world is like literally on fire outside our door. And it just felt incredibly relevant and incredibly comforting and inspiring. And so that's kind of been like, like approaching it as an adult and as an adult who like understands stories. And also as a queer adult, there's just so much that I'm finding in it that I, I 
hadn't found before. And so um, that's really exciting to just like have a story that you can like keep coming back to. Oh, that's so nice. I feel like I really like relate to the idea of eras because like my grandfather was very into Lord of the Rings. In fact, oh, this, this book back here it used to be his. I inherited it from him. Is that the, um, big, so, the big red one? It's leather. That's one. I have that one too. Um, oh, man, really? Yeah. <laughs> I love it. It's just like sometimes I, I've never actually like sat down and read through it because I've read it so many times with different books. But like sometimes I just take it out to touch it. Mine anyway. is like full of like underlines and post-it notes where I'm like, this is gay. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's all. Do you have a gay edition of it where you've noted it up and it's like a regular <laughs> a edition of edition. it? I just have, it's that those are they're the same the same okay. thing for me yeah, yeah. <laughs> one and the same <laughs> inseparable yeah um, yeah but the idea of eras I think because it's so it like because it came out in the sixties it's related to so many different generations mm-hmm. and stuff and I feel like I like I can see where eras started for me like when I read The Hobbit and became obsessed with it and like when I first saw that one teaser trailer of the whole Fellowship watch walking mm-hmm. over the hill in theaters and I was like <laughs> uh, you know I, I I get that I yeah. feel like I've had that too. Yeah, just tears. Just Every time tears. that music swells, I can't handle it. <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't. It's like I really don't remember any of my reactions. Even like after seeing the first movie, I don't remember what I did. I just remember that by that time I was fully in it. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> at some yeah. point I watched it and then I probably saw it like 15 more times um, and was just just obsessed. Yeah. <laughs> the, the first reaction I remember having to the movie is uh, the first time you hear Gollum speak was exactly like and the visual of him was like this is exact you read it from my brain like how did you take exactly how I saw him and put him on screen it's so 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 good and it's yeah it's just I think like um it's like a true classic that just continues to be reinvented and it it hasn't been through so many different reinventions like there's been some films and some yeah I guess just films there's going to be a tv show soon but it's, it's more just like reading it in different times, um, you find meaning. And there was something really comforting during like, I think the hardest parts of last year to read it and to read about this man, J.R. Tolkien, who loved inventing language and had this whole world in his head and had also had this incredibly tragic, like was an orphan, had lost all of his friends in the great war, had definitely had PTSD and like, didn't, there was nothing to cope with it. And just like reading all of that into it. And then also being like in this modern day, I, I can I am feeling feelings that I can recognize in you too and that's like oh it's just like really good it's really it's like it really made me feel like oh this is like what art this is the point of art this is the point of telling stories oh that's so, so nice it goes, it goes deep for me <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's the truest nature of fandom is liking something so much that you want to zoom out and just see every bit of context for it yeah you know? and for a long time I was like I love it so much that I don't really want to know about J.R.R. Tolkien um especially when I kind of started getting into the queer read of it and be, I was like, oh, I bet he would like hate me. And then doing research and being like, oh no, dude had a bunch of gay friends. Like we would totally have hung out like if I was in Oxford at that time. Um, and kind of just that, that realization of like being like everything I learn about this world and the person who made it and the circumstances around making it, I'm like more and more interested, which is really rare. Um, Cause a lot of stuff you're like, I like the movie, but I don't want to see, I don't know. I don't want to see the behind the scenes or anything. Like I don't want to see all the sausages made. Um, yeah. 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 Amazing. Um, yeah. When you, uh, I guess we can answer this question. So I'm going to uh, go to our next one. How do you engage with the Lord of the Rings fandom? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think I, I think I, I, this might be bragging. I may have like started a little like offshoot of the fandom um, last year because I did, I kind of, 
was like sharing, I was sharing a lot of stuff on my like public professional work Twitter, which is like tied to my books and everything. And um, I just, I was like, I just need to post about these characters constantly. I'm reading the book. I need to share my reactions. I'm writing a fan fiction. Here's my drawings. Like I don't have a job right now. So I'm just like (laughs) drawing hobbits all day, every day. Um, And at a certain point I was like, I really don't think my this is like appropriate (laughs) for my main Twitter, not for any content reasons, but I was just like, I think people come here to hear what I'm up to professionally. And also like, I, there's like a lot of political stuff going on and I don't want to like muddy the waters. So I just yeah. made a separate account. It's Hobbit Gay. It's still up um, to just to like share and talk to people. And it's so, it was so fun. I'd never really engaged with fandom online at all. Like I wasn't, I've never been in like any kind of fandom before. Um, I just like, haven't really been that kind of person. And so getting to just I don't know, see like the shit posts and the memes and the, the edits like with with songs to them and seeing everyone's fan <laughs> art and like getting to talk to people about this stuff and like learn all these tidbits that I never would have known otherwise. It just was like a really, really lovely way. I, I'm like, like, I think like a, a introverted extrovert and I really missed getting to hang out with people last year and like meet new people. I missed going to like book events and comic shows and getting to just like just chat with people and have a good time. So that was like a really lovely way to just be like this low stakes environment. We are all just here to like <laughs> Most of us are here to have a good time and the ones who are not here to have a good time, it's easy to ignore them. So, um, yeah. yeah. So I think I've been, I, I feel like I've been trying very hard to just foster a really, um, positive and, and art driven, uh, Tolkien community. And it's, it's been, I feel like it's been moderately successful, which has been cool. Well, like as someone who uh, started, once you made this alt account, I was just like, yes, um, <laughs> just thank you for all the like wonderful art and creativity that you've poured into this fandom as well because so many like myself as a, a fan I, I'm not a creator in that respect so mm-hmm. I don't I, I can't give back to the fandom what I've gotten from it but uh it's just been such a gift to to get to see that uh yeah. the outpouring of your love for it I'm so glad and I I love I love comics so much and I love I love just little drawings. I'm not really an illustrator. I don't do like big finished, beautiful pieces, but I, I love to just do little moments. And so getting to do that with this story that I love and sort of engaging with the text in that way. And then sometimes changing things, but sometimes just being like, I'm literally just going to draw this really tiny scene that no one remembers, but there's something about it that is just so sweet. And um, that's been like, it's been really, really cool. Ah, uh, that's just those like little intimate moments, yeah. you know? Yeah, uh. yeah. I think that's yeah. so cool because like, yeah, f- fandom's so intimate to begin with in so many ways because it's really about your relationship with the story, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's it's interesting. I think it's it's scary. I was always a little scared to share how I felt about Lord of the Rings. I think it just, it is funny when you're a creator because people will, I, it's like, it's like, like how much do you want to link yourself to other things? And like, I feel, I mean, I definitely am linked to Lord of the Rings, I think probably forever <laughs> um, at this point. And I, it comes up in like every single very professional meeting I have now, but that's fine. Um, <laughs> people are always you like, and by the way, neighbor. no, no, I, <laughs> I try, I'm good at boundaries. I really try to like, be like, this is just for fun. But people are always like, like anyway, Lord of the Rings. And they know, they know it will get a reaction. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, it's just, it was just really fun to sort of have this place to be like a little silly and safe in a way that I honestly never have done on the internet before um and I think it was still like it's still like a little a little weird being like an internet figure and then trying to like have this like fun more anonymous version of it like I I wasn't comfortable like pretending it wasn't me but um it was just nice to like 
get to be like a little Margot profile and be like, here's some dumb drawings, some very stupid thoughts. And like, <laughs> <Some cuddly laughs> let's have a good time. And cuddly sweet, hobbits. Sweet little hobbits. Yeah. 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 Um, speaking of the hobbits, do you have like a top three characters in the world of Lord of the Rings? <laughs> Man. Hard, I know. <laughs> oh man. I mean, it's so hard. It's so hard. I think, okay. Book, okay. Book or movie. Because oh. I feel like they're different answers. I didn't think it's about that. Are different in between yeah. them. Um, well, let's let's start book. If you want to okay. throw in a movie character, okay. Well, Sam Sam is like number one in both of them, both portrayals. Um, book Frodo is a fave. He's so sassy. He's such a little <laughs> bitch. He's just like always has gossip. Like <laughs> he's so funny, and he's just like it's it's. I get like it's. They sort of just did a different thing with him, and they had Elijah Wood as this like beautiful, very young looking like angel boy, and he's perfect in his own way. But I love that Book Frodo is like this fifty year old like like. <laughs> like kind of just a weirdo like a gay weirdo who's like I miss my uncle who I lived with and I I don't know like <laughs> I don't know I don't really want anything but I I I just yeah there's there's something about him that I love um Gandalf is a fave I think probably in both of them and then I think like movie Eowyn is a fave um oh. she's yeah I mean she's great in the she's really good in the book too and she has some beautiful lines but um something about her in the movie seeing a woman be like really dirty and like in like legit armor and like really just fighting and like there was something about that that was so so good for me at a young age um she's just like I think back all the time on like you look at any old artist's drawing of the the slaying of the witch king scene where Eowyn like takes off her helmet and they always draw her in sexy armor and like not just like sexy armor is fine it's very fun but it's like wouldn't it make sense because she was literally disguised as a man and so I'm just so (laughs) glad that the movies did not do that go that route and they could have but they didn't one hit to sexy armor it's gonna crush your your sternum here I guess so yeah you can't do it yeah so yeah that's a good thing to note sexy armor is great just don't maybe fight it it, you know it's uh, it's listen <laughs> it's it's always interesting with fantasy and stuff because it's like what is the level of realism and it's like if yeah. you're having titty armor it's not again I don't want to say that's bad it's just like at one end and then it's like if you want to be realistic like we have to like push it in another direction and Lord of the Rings for me has a really lovely balance of realism and fantasy um in the, the movies specifically yeah, yeah I love I love uh Miranda Otto's portrayal of Eowyn because mm-hmm. she is such a like stubborn like tough woman but also like that fear moment with her and mary on the horse yeah. where they're just both so scared and they're like we're here to get us just like oh thank you they- yes it's like beautiful <laughs> one yeah. of my one of the people that i've met on um hobbit twitter whose handle is spectraling uh really ships like Eowyn and mary which is like a genius god tier ship that i never thought about before and I, I like every time i watch them now i'm like this chemistry why did they put these scenes in like what are you doing peter jackson um so I'm just like giving that to everyone. If you need some beautiful art, that's someone to follow. Oh, I totally agree with that. Like when she's looking for him in the like fields and yeah. she's like freaking out because she can't find him. I'm like, this is love. What's happening right now? I know. Yeah, don't look I at that like... man from Gondor. Look at the pot. <laughs> I feel like he is definitely playing it as being in love with her. There's a scene where he's like, he's like, you have many people who love you. Like it's very just like, like. He, he is talking about himself. Anyway, that's my shipping hot take. <laughs> so good. I, I have to agree with a lot of those favorite characters, though, that like Gandalf, Sam, those are really up there I'm for me. I'm a Pippin lady. I know you love He's Pippin. just so mischievous, a little yeah. troublemaker, and I appreciate that. 
He was my um, big crush when I was a kid. I, I like really, really loved Pippin. He was so cute. <laughs> I still have a crush on Billy Boy. That man's mm-hmm. amazing. Very have charming. you listened to the Friendship Onion? Just the first episode. I, sh- I should listen some more. Sometimes I'm like nervous that like things will get ruined. I'm very careful about like protecting my loves, love of stuff. But yeah, I, I love that they're doing it. <laughs> just a gentle, gentle talk. And it's not, it feels like listening to two hobbits. Just talk That's about so nice. whatever. Oh it's so chaotic that like the order yeah. that they go in is all over the place. But okay cool I should I should I'll listen on my next road trip yeah Mary and Pippin it feels like you're listening to them like yeah 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 I mean I feel like it it just was their personalities in this yeah the whole movie set like it seems like they were just doing this very big LARP which I know there was like so much more complication than that but everyone is was just like so into their characters and I really love that yeah Uh, yeah what is it? Vigo Mortensen walking around with his sword all the time. Like, great. I love it. Oh, what a weirdo. Just like fishing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Buying his horse at the end, you know. There you know. go. Yeah. Classic Vigo. Um, okay, this is another ranking. Uh, rank them in your top order. I'm going to go movies. Okay, go movies. Uh, Fellowship of the Ring, Two Towers, and Return of the King. Do you oh, have man. a preference? Oh, We're asking the really so tough questions I know. I could have done that with a book easier. Um... I think that fellowship, I think it goes fellowship, return towers. Fellowship sets up so much stuff so well. And we're in the Shire and we're meeting everyone and we're in Rivendell. And it's just like, it is like so full of iconic. I feel like most of the iconic moments are from that. And then Return of the King is just so, so dramatic. Like it's just like high Shakespearean drama in this level that I, um, they just like really I remember that's the only movie I remember waiting for it to come out and just being like how are they going to finish this like how can they do it and they just really nailed it and then Towers Towers is good but Helm's Deep is like a paragraph in the book (laughs) yeah Yeah. too long it's very very long (laughs) yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of Legolas uh snowboarding down things nobody (laughs) needed that I didn't need Legolas going down on his shield. I <laughs> love, I, lo- I love that. <laughs> I, I, I remember being a 13 year old being like, oh yeah. What? As a kid, like, I'm yeah. sorry, you did what now? I want to be that guy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, it's so hard because there are so many iconic moments, but I would have to agree with that order. It's like, fellowship is just like, it, the, it's like the first album of a band. It's like all the bangers, you know? Yeah. Like all the hits, the Balrog. Come on. Yeah. Galadriel's yeah. appearance, beautiful. Yeah, yeah. The first one. Oromir death scene. Spoiler alert for everyone. So good. <laughs> I mean, oh, if it, you're watching this and you don't know that, I'm why? <laughs> Thank you. Why? I showed it still holds up. Over pandemic, um, we made some new friends, and one of them had never seen uh, Lord of the Rings before, and so we showed her, which was so so exciting. I and I was like, you need to. She's like a nerd but like not like a movie nerd in that way and I was like you need to have the best experience so I like made a chart with like a whiteboard with like little printed out pictures of all the characters on it to explain their relationships to each other and then also like what I thought their relationships were there was like a canon version and a non-canon version um but then like at the end of Fellowship of the Ring I walked up and like dramatically ripped off Boromir and she was like (laughs) and Gandalf too right and I was like yeah Yes, <laughs> he is gone. Of course. Yeah. Oh my god. I'm just gonna put this in my dead. pocket. <laughs> Don't worry about yeah. why. Yeah. Yeah. Just write the white on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. This so photo will not be relevant. However, we'll just like <laughs> bleach it a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Did you? I know. Whenever I show people favorite movies of mine, I spend the whole time being like, "Like, do you like it? Do you like it? Were you yeah. nervous that she wasn't gonna like it?" Uh, yes. 
I think I'm always nervous that people will just think it's too long and too confusing. And so I I was impressed by how succinct your summary was at the beginning. I, I feel like I really I try to like give them a good, solid understanding. And then I sometimes I'm like, OK, and this seems really important because of this. Like, <laughs> OK, you actually need to pay attention right now. Like and then sometimes just, it'll this. be like, OK, we can talk right now. They're just, you know, walking. It's fine. It's just Helm's Deep. Don't worry about it. <laughs> it's just Helm's Deep. We can talk. We, we, can go, we can go make something. I feel like it's when time. you do the full day, watch the 12 hour extended edition trilogy binge, which I have done several times. The Helm's Deep, I'm like, all right, time to get up. Going to start making my little stew for like yeah. dinner later. Like I'm going to put the bread in the oven, you know. Yeah. You know the moments. Like for me, uh, and this might be not everyone's shows opinion. Anytime Arwen's, there's like an Arwen scene, I'm like, <sighs> okay, I'm going to go to the washroom. I'll come back later. Like, yeah. Everybody has their thing where yeah. they're like, okay, I know how this, yeah, this one is my goes. Break. Yeah. yeah. I'll take a break. Yeah. yeah. I, I love her. I think I, I like, I like seeing her. Cause I like just being like a woman. Yeah. Oh, yes. That's also how I do. I'm like, yeah. Look at, look at her. Yeah. Um, do you want to do this? Yeah. Okay. So uh, I, this is, this is a question I just had to ask because I know like in my various fandoms, there's once in a while, these like piece, these like minutia, these like deep cuts that even like other fans are like, what are you talking about? Like yeah. with Lord of the Rings, I find in the, in the movies, every movie has one shot of somebody being hilariously on fire um like in the first and one. running <laughs> yeah in the first one it's the ring wraith in the second one uh -huh. it's, a, it's a it's an ent and then in the Dan third one it is Denethor <laughs> um and for some reason I find that very funny do you have yes. any of those like little things that you're like oh look it's this thing again and other people are like what are you talking about oh man I mean I definitely I track I track like Sam and like his food situation. I track Frodo's clothes too. Um, but yeah, Sam, Sam and his pots. I'm always interested that boy. I'm, I'm going backpacking and like, or I'm going camping in like a couple weeks or a couple days and I'm packing right now. And I'm just like, how did you bring four cast iron? There's a pot, there's a skillet, there's another skillet, there's a ladle, there's a plate. Like they're all made out of cast iron. Like they're not the super light camping stuff. Why did you bring this Samwise Gamgee? Um, and it's because he's a classy gentleman and yep. he needs he to make his boyfriend egg. food. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So I track that. I think I track Frodo's clothes because they're, it's just like kind of funny that he starts out in this like fancy little brown velvet waistcoat suit. And then it kind of like gradually deteriorates. Um, yeah. I think, I just think there's always, there's always just like those fun little weird moments where it's like, someone's making a really strange face here. Usually it's Orlando Bloom. Sometimes it's someone else. <laughs> Like an intense look for no reason. Yeah, Honestly, yeah. One of my other deep cuts is just every time Legolas says just a statement of what is going on, I lose it. I lose it every time. It's just a like, human audio description. A diversion. I, I, don't, like, I don't know. I don't know this for sure, but I think they cut a lot of his lines. And so I just, every time he gets a line, we're like, good for you, Orlando. Like, you got that one, Legolas. I, I used to work, I used to go to and then work at a uh, live action role-playing camp, a LARP camp for teens and, or, and for like little kids. And you could always tell that there were kids who were like, I am Aragorn, I am Legolas. And they just like, during the games, they would just be doing their own thing. And they'd just be like walking around like a badass and like scouting. And they'd be like, I'm going to go off and scout and just like go off into the woods alone, which we allowed because I don't know why. Um, but it was like, <laughs> <laughs> but just like, there's, there's just like, there's always, I, I feel like Orlando Bloom has that energy in these movies where he is so into his character and he is like, 
this is what Legolas is feeling. It's really complicated. Like, it's great. Um, yeah. yeah. I feel like he did the work. You know, yes. he was like writing notes of like, and then I feel mad. <laughs> it's a beautiful essay, um, by, and a beautiful, funny essay by Susanna Polo on Polygon a couple of weeks ago. That's about how Legolas is like, weird facial expressions kind of like really make sense for him as this like hick elf who is like relatively young for an elf and has never seen anyone die and like (laughs) yeah no context yeah yeah he's just like doesn't know how to react to anything that he's experiencing that's really cute just thinking of like legolas is kind of like he's homeschooled you know he doesn't he doesn't know what to do with the other kids he has like a really sexy dad our other joke is that his dad is like so like sexy and flamboyantly gay that Legolas is like I have to be straight just to like make my dad mad and then it's like (laughs) when he goes off on his own that's the first time he's like you know what okay maybe I can date a dwarf and make my dad mad (laughs) yeah that would for sure work oh that would really that would work better than being straight yeah yeah absolutely (laughs) oh uh, do you want to do this? Yeah, sure. Um, okay, so uh, as, as you know, and as you mentioned earlier, there is an Amazon show coming up, which is very exciting, that is going to go like outside of the world of like just the story of Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. Um, and as they're starting to like open up these adaptations, are, are there things that you hope to see from that series? Or if they were to make other series, like are there stories within the world of Middle Earth that you're like, please, please, please turn this into a show or a movie mm-hmm. or whatever else? Yeah, you know, I... I have like, I'm not, I'm not, not a true fan in some ways about like, about stuff. Cause I don't, I'm not the kind of completionist fan who needs to see everything. Lord of the Rings might be different, but a lot of times I'm like, if I get, if I enjoy one adaptation, that's like a really, that's really good. And I don't, I don't need to see everything. So I don't know if I'll watch the Amazon show. I might, it doesn't seem like it has a lot of stuff that interests me. I just heard that there's going to be hobbits in it. So like, maybe I'll be interested. Yeah. that That's not a spoiler that, or that's not like that I'm allowed to say that like, yeah, yeah, I, was like I thought originally they weren't gonna have hobbits in it it was just gonna be mostly centered on like men men the world of men yeah it's like the earliest ancestors of hobbits um one of them is played by Sir Lenny Henry and he's kind of like a funny dude so I, I think it'll be that'll be cool I'll probably watch for that um but yeah I'm excited to see the the war of the Rohirrim which is the anime movie that's getting made that's sort of about helm hammerhand a story from um like a couple hundred years before lord of the rings did you not know about this i did not know about this one oh my god okay i feel like (laughs) fandom shame people just people no i just like people (laughs) just send me like these things (laughs) i get the same memes and the same news articles sent to me so much and i love it deeply but like i'm I'm always (laughs) like how does this is like (laughs) in the new york times but it's not um (laughs) Yeah, oh, so they're making so cool, they're though. making an anime about this like old uh, story that's in the appendixes, and so I really love animation. As someone in animation, I think that it adapts to Middle Earth in this beautiful way and adapts to fantasy in a beautiful way. So I'd love to just see more, um, especially kind of yeah, that anime style. Like like I'd love to see. My idea would just be like a Ghibli movie about hobbits, um, but Whoa. I, I, I want to make food it. Would look so beautiful. I know. I know. <laughs> oh i know yes because food is so quintessential to the hobbits and, and anime ghibli movies yeah yeah mm. oh my goodness i oh, thought a lot about that. this yeah oh. so i hope i hope that there's something and i in general i just hope i think that the the things that we know about so far are very much aimed towards an older audience which is chill but lord of the rings like i had it read to me when i was six like it we all have a ch- like everyone who loves it has this childhood memory of it yeah. mm-hmm. and so wanting to kind of make things that acknowledge that part of it and that be like the Hobbit did start as a literal bedtime story that Tolkien told his kids. And so to kind of honor that and make things that are really um, fun for kids to watch. And even if they don't understand everything, still like 
not a gratuitous Game of Thrones style thing um, would be really cool. So that's yeah, I'm hoping for that. I don't need to see any like elf butts or boobs in these yeah. shows. Like yeah. I, yeah. I, it's just such a, that's not what this world is to me. Like there's plenty of places for that content, but yeah. 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 It would be lovely to see more stuff aimed at younger kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Just and like even that. just kind of, yeah, I think that's why, I think that's why, like, I think a lot of people do not understand like why Lord of the Rings is so like, like intrinsic. And I, I'm not yeah. saying that I understand all of it either, but I think there is this element of like, yeah, the, the friendliness to children that the, those stories have. And then also the way that the hobbits are that and the way that the hobbits kind of like give you this into the story. A lot of fantasy is like, I'm going to copy Lord of the Rings, but it's all going to be about Aragorn and Arthur. <laughs> and also like they're going to have sex. And it's just like, that's like, that's well and good, but it is, you are not making Lord of the Rings then. Like you need yeah. like a fun, a funky little guy to kind of be yeah. there and be like, damn this is crazy i just want to go home for breakfast yeah and be flawed and just <laughs> yeah, like because so many of the times in these fantasy novels that main character is barely flawed mm-hmm. they're just walking through the world everything's perfect and now they're in love and have solved every problem they're yeah they're well, and, and yeah i think tolkien's like to me i read the books and there's these very deep ideas about power and ideas about i mean it's interesting because he like has this monarchy kind of in it but then they're also like the scouring of the shire feels like this incredibly like anti-police anti-government kind of like story like there's all these really interesting things where and like even like like Aragorn is kind of waiting to become king until he knows that he's ready in the movie he's reluctant in the book he's more like waiting um but so I think those ideas of like if you want power too much you are not the person to have power and the reason that like power is so corruptive that that's the reason that only hobbits can carry the one ring for so long. Um, that's all just like really interesting to me. And I think most people get caught up in the power fantasy, not most people, but I think a lot of people who adapt it get caught up in the power fantasy of the battles and being a badass. And like, I totally get it. Um, but I think like as a storyteller now looking at it, I'm like, I think I know why this one was the one that kind of like defined fantasy. Yeah, that's so interesting. I never quite thought about that, but you're absolutely right. And like, yeah, that, oh, God, that's neat. I always I was really related because, you know, I'm I, I've often referred to myself as very Hobbit like my gender. I've often referred to as dapper mm. Hobbit. Yes. Um, <laughs> but I've, I've always very much related to Hobbits. And like I've always related to the fact that they're small and they just love home and food and books and they get thrown into these things they're in no way prepared for. But they do it but because they have to. They, they push yeah. forward because they have to. Yeah. yeah. And like, yeah, I think that's such a beautiful hero. There's something about like the description of the hobbits in the beginning and concerning hobbits. And it's sort of, you see it throughout the book, but he's like, they love food and drink and good company. And they love to consume it so much because they can, they can survive when they don't have those things too. And so it's like this delight in the world and this delight in small pleasures um, is directly a method to survive. It's not pretending that problems don't exist. It is building up a stock of good things and enjoying things while you have them because if bad things times happen you will be able to survive it and so that's like and you see that in the book with like all of the hobbits and it's it's like so it's so beautiful to me to be like these are not caring about like your home and your friends and your family and like what you're eating and things like that is not like a petty thing to care about like it is like a part of like emotional survival in a scary world oh that's so nice talk about this forever I feel Let me also say I'm drinking out of a, a Frodo mug that my mom made me. 
Oh my she gosh. Made, it's a little bit eerie. Um, she made me a Frodo one and a Sam, a Sam one. That's <laughs> such a mom win. Oh though. my gosh. I mean, it's you're really sweet of her. Yeah. I'm drinking out of a mug that, uh, so I went to Hobbiton for my birthday uh, oh. five years ago. It was like life Holy goal. Um, and my friend, uh, this was the glass that we were drinking from in the Green Dragon. Uh, and then she pocketed it for me. And I was like, I don't know, no, don't. And so I don't it's drink very, it because I'm so scared to hurt it. Yeah, that is a very Bilbo Baggins thing to do. I love it. <laughs> it's a yeah. thief. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, oh man, I feel like we could just be asking you questions forever. But I, I but, but before we keep going, I, I really, I should give you a little warning. Um, I, so this show is is meant to be a positive space for nerds. You know, all, all of that positivity that comes from you know hobbits and and mm-hmm. just the people that love them. You know, but mm-hmm. uh, un- unfortunately, around here we have a, like a, a little bit of a troll problem. Just like a little bit, like <laughs> every fandom I, has it. Yeah, uh, right. And it's not even like a fun troll, like a cave troll. It's just some guy on the internet. Um, anyway, he's, he's, he's a total gatekeeper and he he likes to try and prove people aren't real fans. And he comes through here sometimes and tries to challenge people with trivia Mm -hmm. and the only way to defeat him is love. Anyway, the point is that uh, he's might come through here, but probably not. We've taken a lot of safeguards to make sure he doesn't come through. That's so scary. Wow. What have we got here? Couldn't help over here. Y'all were talking about Lord of the Rings or, you know, maybe I should say, uh, Siri Sindrelwi Melha Ben Sinawan. You all obviously know what that means, right? Obviously. Oh, you did it. You said it. Oh. (laughs) Your pronunciation was a little off, but like, it's okay. We'll give that to you. You know, to, to, to British pronunciation, American pronunciation. That's true. That's true. We dialect. can't. We can't know how these languages are. Tra- they're translated from an older text into English. Tolkien had to make some. Yeah, I'm there. I'm there with you, bro. I'm there with you. Took the words right out of my mouth. Yeah. So, um, so how's uh, how's it been going? You you almost know a lot about the the Lord of the Rings, huh? Yeah, a, a few things. Just vibing. Two. Just vibing. Oh. Yeah, I know a good. I think I know a good amount. I know a oh. good amount. Okay, oh that was I couldn't the the, the Billy Boyd and Don Monahan's podcast. They do a trivia section, and I was like screaming, listening to it because I was like, "Come on, this is so and easy." Producer doesn't know any of them, like their last either. names. I was like, "Come on, man, <laughs> kills me." I, I I do perfect on all the trivia as usual. It's just you know, when you care about a fandom as much as I do, it's it naturally comes out like like for example, here's an easy one, a real softball. Uh, how do the hobbits cross River Brandywine? They get on a ferry. Oh, what what ferry? The Brandywine ferry. Oh. Buckleberry ferry. Buckleberry ferry. The Buckleberry ferry. That is good. Thank you. We're doing this as a team. They even say that. It's so cute. They're like, Buckleberry Fairy. Yeah. Follow me. Okay. I mean, I, I love the Buckleberry Fairy. Gatekeeper, mm-hmm. can you tell me who said that line in the film? Yeah, it was one of the hobbits. Which one? Which one? It was... Go before, man. You got 25% chance. Okay, okay, okay. Nice. You got lucky. Woo! Lucky. Yeah, I'm a big fan of old Mary. Uh, you know, the whole fellowship. Uh, you, I mean... You all, of course, know who the youngest member of the fellowship is, don't you? Uh huh. Do you want me to tell you? Yeah. <laughs> it's Peregrine. It's Peregrine Tick, son of Paladin. Oh, okay. And how old is he? Oh gosh, he. I know that he's sixteen in in human years. If you translate it from Hobbit to human, do you mm-hmm. guys know? He's like. I think it's 
36 to 38? He's, no, he's under 30 because 33 under 30. is the coming of age and he's not yet of age. I think he's like 28. Oh. Okay, lucky guess. <laughs> lucky guess. Okay. <laughs> you lucky. did that. All right. Uh, well, uh, you know, pass. I mean, hobbits are so boring. They don't really do anything. It's That's pretty clear in the story that hobbits keep, don't do much. Let's talk about the real important one, the wizards. I mean, how, how many how many known wizards are there in Middle Earth? There's seven. Do you know are more? There? I mean... My sources say there's only five, but, uh... Oh, you're right. There's five. Well, I'm sorry, no. gatekeeper. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I, hang on. I might be wrong about this, but I'm pretty sure there was seven, and then two of them went away in the first stage. I Something think it's like that. Gandalf, Saruman, Radagast, and Radagast. then... The, the two, two blue the two ones. blue wizards. Yeah. yeah. Gatekeeper, uh, do you know their colors? Uh, I've gave, I'm giving you those ones. and Palando, uh -huh. obviously. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, keeper, uh, you keep referring yeah. to them as wizards, which is funny. Like, do you know what their like uh, their their real name is from the first stage? Uh, yeah, Gandalf Radagast. <laughs> uh, sorry, <laughs> what they referred to uh, wizards uh, as? Uh, yeah, uh, they call them. They respect them and call them Gandalf Radagast. <laughs> but actually, <laughs> Gandalf was like he didn't call himself that in the first stage. He actually had a different name, mm -hmm. um, yeah. and he was actually like serving someone. Um, mm -hmm. Kind of like a goddess type figure. Do you know her name or his, like what what he was called? What Gandalf's name was? Yeah, it wasn't Gandalf. Well, I mean, because Gandalf's original name before he was Gandalf the Gray was Olorin. Yeah. Why am I being trivia? That's not how this works. I'm so proud of you. Listen, I'm I'm the opposite of a gatekeeper. I'm welcoming everyone in, even if they're no, a little spotty. Look, look, you would you would be a great keeper. I mean, we got we got great benefits. If you if you want to take my cards, baby. Uh, don't go to the dark side. Oh my god. Thank you. That's a Pokemon card. <laughs> Is that okay, well, uh, look, as I said, no one cares about hobbits, so there's no way you'll know this. But how many how many kids does Samwise Gamgee have? Sam has 13 kids, which is fucking crazy. That is so many kids. Poor Rosie. Eleanor, <laughs> Frodo, they have a billion. It's like Goldilocks, Mary Pippin. They're named after like everyone. They just went through everyone that he ever met and was just like, Basically. and you get a kid, and you get a kid. That guy. Uh, <laughs> the complete list is Eleanor the Fair, Frodo, Rosemary, Pippin, Goldilocks, Hamfast, named after his father, mm -hmm. Daisy, Primrose, Bilbo, Ruby, Robin, and Tolman. That's named so after Tolkien, I assume. No, it's named <laughs> after no, Rosie's cousin. Mm, well, Rosie's cousin may have been Tolkien. We don't know that. <laughs> We were there. It is named after. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, you know, I'm not one for the movies. I think they got a lot of stuff wrong. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. I was more There's of a fan like of There's so much more hand-holding in the books. I feel you, dude. Like, mm -hmm. so yeah. many more kisses. I like, mm -hmm. yeah. That's what I'm here for. Yeah. But I was a fan. I mean, I'm the fan of the movie that never got made. The one that was supposed to star the Beatles, uh, of course. <laughs> Do you know who was supposed to direct that movie? Oh, my goodness. Okay. I don't know if there was... I don't think I know this one. I know that there was something supposed to start the Beatles, which is so funny. I know so that John funny. Borman or Barrowman wrote a script treatment, but that might have been for a different movie. Yeah, please enlighten me. I, I would know. love to know. Well, starring Paul as Frodo, <laughs> Ringo as Sam, George as Gandalf, and John as Golem, it would have been directed by 
Stanley Kubrick. Holy shit. What? Yep. <laughs> what? Would have been a wild time, y'all. We're, we live in the universe where the less entertaining Lord of the Rings exists. Like, yes. the thing, I think I did know that, but it is like purged from my mind. Like, I think that I will forget that in the next five minutes because I cannot hold that piece of information in my mind. Like the wildest take that someone was like, I really want to be Gollum. Can I yeah. be Gollum? That's the part that kills me is there's four main hobbits and he was like, nah, nah I'm Gollum. It's <laughs> the meaty well, role. I'll leave you all with this. I mean, Gollum, a.k.a. Smeagol, also had a third name. What was it? <gasps> Ooh, gosh. Can you give me a hint, Gatekeeper? Oh, okay. like where? Uh, like who calls him this name? It would actually be... It's not so much someone calls him, it's more so the common translation of his name. Like, common speak, this is how you would pronounce his name. Oh, man. That's a good one. Oh, no. Oh, I want to know this now. Can't win. <laughs> oh, he, he won. Well, he won. He won. He won. He won. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is that I'm so excited to hear these answers. <laughs> yeah, I know. Me too. I'm like, no, tell us. Go for it. Tell us, please. It was Trahald. Oh, oh, that's like his like like um wait, okay. Is that the name that Tolkien like translated? Mm-hmm. To my understanding, <laughs> it is Do you know Gatekeeper? Translation. I've yes. never heard that before. Gatekeeper knows all. Do, Gatekeeper, Gatekeeper knows. do you know Frodo and Sam's names from the from before they were translated from uh, Westron into English? I'm sure you yes, I'm sure you uh, do. Yes, they're uh, Frodomir and Samaron. <laughs> so close. It's like really, really close. <laughs> I, I think I got it. Yeah. I, if that isn't it, what, what would it be out of curiosity, Molly? Frodo's name. It's so funny. So Tolkien was like, I found this old book. It's written in another language. I had to translate it. I changed the names because the names sound weird to British people. So Frodo's names was Mara Labingi and Sam's name was Benazir. Isn't that crazy? Wow, it's cool. so strange. It is weird. I know. Which naturally lend themselves to Frodo and Sam. Yeah. I don't, like, Frodo and Sam are, wait, okay, gatekeeper, do you know, like, this is an easy one, this is an easy one. Do you know, like, the old English words that Frodo and Sam's names are based off of? You're, like, Googling right now, I can tell. Uh, <laughs> only defines golems or, or traveled, which is... <laughs> Smeagol's real Westron name was traveled. So okay. Westron is the language. Yeah, so that must be in the appendixes. Then. Yeah. It would Man, be like a guy called named Michael being called Miguel. It's like the translation. Yeah. Gatekeeper, are you on Wikipedia right now? No. No. <laughs> I'm uh, clicking on your keyboard during I'm just I'm just moderating all the Lord of the Rings forums I'm a part of. <laughs> what so. are those called out of curiosity? Um, Lord of the Rings dot fandom dot com slash wiki slash Gollum. <laughs> uh, While you're mm -hmm. here, obviously, yeah. um, you know, we all really want to uh, part of Lord of the Rings is celebrating. Uh, you know, you see it a lot in Disagree. Hobbiton. Uh, and there's a song that um, Mary and Pippin sing. I wonder if you'd want yeah. to sing it with us right now uh, yeah. just to celebrate. Of course. OK, yeah. so do you want to do you want to start that? Yeah. Okay, let's um, hear it. <laughs> it starts off with um, 
<clears throat> Should actually I do a couple it in, songs they sing, but in English or there, I'll do it in English just for everyone's sake. Yeah, just the um, movie yeah, version you, starts you, off. You with, don't have to do an accent either. Okay, that's fine. great, no. great. Yeah, okay, yeah. I believe it starts off a famous song. Uh, some say it's been translated a few times today, but basically, as we would understand it, it goes. Somebody once told me the world is going <laughs> to roll dead. me. I, I, that's true. <laughs> Why? Why you got? We did it. We better did it. Take it away. Victory music. We've done this a couple times, and I've never seen anyone like switch roles and be like, I am the trivia master now. I get so excited about all the stuff. Um, I didn't know that about like that's the thing. I like I just love to learn about it. <laughs> oh, I know. We all learned today. I feel I'm like gonna I didn't hold know a couple of those things. Trahelm in my head. Head. I'm going to try to hold Stanley, Stanley Kubrick as alternate universe director of Lord of the Rings in my head. Yeah, these are, I, these are I, new facts that will bring me joy. <laughs> I, I do give you permission to forget that Stanley Kubrick one, though, if that feels more comfortable for you. I want, I want to travel to the alternate dimension just to watch that. And then I want to come home. Yeah. Yes. Like, <laughs> I, don't want to, I do not want to stay there. <laughs> yes. No, absolutely not. No. For some reason, I can't I can't imagine John. It was it John is Gollum? Pa, uh, no, it was Ringo's. Well, it makes sense Harrison. to me, maybe. Yeah, um, nah, I agree. I just, but Paul, is, Paul is Frodo is very. That's that one seems obvious. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, <laughs> we've gotten rid of that. Oh, no, but I just love that. Like, I know that when the Beatles wanted to do that, Tolkien was like, absolutely. Like, I hate you. Yeah, because he hated hippies, right? He was like, because the hippies loved Lord of the Rings. Yeah, like, he did not. No, like, thank you. Yeah, it's like, man, you should not have written so much about weed in that case. Right? Yeah, kind of on, on you. You brought it. Yeah. Kind of on you, J.R.R. Um, <laughs> So this brings us to our, our final segment that we have. Okay. Um, this one is called Fandom Fine. So this section is essentially we've gone onto the internet. We've scoured the internet, uh, much like the Shire. Oh. Um, oh. See what you did. Uh, to get some hot takes from people, some uh, controversial opinions. And then we'd love to hear your take on that. Okay. Um, so I'm just going to jump in on it. This is the first one. Uh, it's from Reddit, uh, from Comic Nerd ninety three, uh, and this hot take is: Samwise Gamgee swore an oath to a celestial being before going on a quest. Therefore, his D and D class is a paladin. Do you have any like the idea that Gandalf is a celestial being? <laughs> like, is yeah, that what they're I saying? Would, I, I think, think that so. would be it, because he did technically swear an oath specifically to Gandalf, and I but guess also, Gandalf is an Astar. Also, uh, Galadriel. Oh he's, yeah, yeah. He swore an oath to Galadriel. Did he swear an oath to Galadriel, or did he just to hang take out with care Galadriel? of Galadriel? I think it was just to take <laughs> that he would uh, take care of Frodo. I sort of disagree because because D anD D the Paladin class in D anD D has spells, and Sam Gamgee mm. does not have any spells. He is very purely a melee fighter, and even then, not a very good one. Um, although pretty badass, but um, yeah, I, I I I respectfully disagree because because it does not resemble the D&D class of Paladin. If you were to, I mean, I don't know how familiar you are with D&D. Very. Um, okay, great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, um, good overlap there. Uh, so if, if you were to class him, would, would you have like a differing class? Would you pick a different one? Yeah, I mean, I, I, this, here's the thing. 
here, sorry, you're going to get a talk now. We were just, yes. we, were ta- we were just talking about how people interpret Lord of the Rings and they spin it off into a different kind of fantasy. Samwise Gamgee is not a D&D character and neither is Frodo Baggins. They are not, neither are Merry and Pippin, really. They're a little bit more D&D characters, but like D&D, the idea that you all are like contributing to the group equally and you're traveling together and going on adventures and you all have a different skill it was both derived from Lord of the Rings, but it is not actually true to Lord of the Rings. And that's not shade to D&D because I love it so much. It's just a different yeah. thing. Sam, the idea of characters who are... Frodo Baggins is not... Like, he would be so not fun to play. He is constantly getting... <laughs> when I showed it to my friend who'd never seen it, she was like, he's just getting stabbed and grabbed all the time. He is constantly getting constantly. stabbed and grabbed. He is not good at anything. And that's fine. That's the point is that he is just a simple boy who like, like has to do this. Um, and like, it's just sticking it out. So yes, Samwise Gamgee, I, I like, if I had to get technical, I'd be like a level one fighter, but I don't think he's a D&D character. Oh, I love it. <laughs> what Great. a good answer. Great. Yeah. Oh, that's very right. good. Do you want to take the second okay, hot yes. take? All right. So hot take number two. Gandalf uh, isn't that smart. <laughs> he was stumped by a very basic elvish riddle. <laughs> I mean, the second part of that sentence is true, and it is very <laughs> funny. <laughs> the confidence with which he goes in. He's like, ah, oh, I, I got this. We're like, I feel, yeah, I feel like he maybe, because it, it is a very oddly simple riddle for elves. I feel like elves, in general, it just would be more complicated. And so I wonder yeah. if Gandalf went in and just had that issue of like, I'm trying to find the complex solution. And... I'm failing. So I, yeah, it's, it's Those pretty funny that he's snickering behind a rock. Just like, <laughs> it kind of like, it gives me a real dad's glasses are on top of his head and he can't find them anywhere. Kind of feeling you yeah. know? like the, the, the solution is right there. Well, and it's interesting too, because it's like the point of that door was that it was a connection between elves and dwarves. And it was a way mm-hmm. that they could sort of like have commerce and have connection. And it's like, a door to a dwarf, a dwarvish place, but it's an elvish door. And so it's like this kind of cross-cultural thing. And so it's almost like it's barely a riddle. Like, and it's like, like you have to assume that like this is the one door to to Moria on the side of the mountain. Like people would be coming and going all the time. And so you have to assume that it like probably used to be really well known and almost maybe was more of a joke. And so I feel like Gandalf like was like, like this doesn't he he thought there would be something more complicated and maybe did not take it too seriously. Um yeah, that's what I, that's what I think. That's a cool way to look <laughs> at it. That's what I think. <laughs> Amazing. Love that. All right. Hot take number three. Aragorn should have chosen Eowyn. Interesting. This is from uh, an article on screenrant.com. She is like 20 years old and he is like 87 or something. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh. I mean, Arwen is like thousands of years old, so I don't know. Potatoes, potatoes, but... um. <laughs> I mean, once you pass 200, does it start getting like, do you just get stuck at that point? You one would have to, you know, one would have to hope. I feel like Arwen, like, yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I sort of don't think so. I think, and I really love her story. I don't, I, I feel like the Faramir stuff is kind of awkward in both the book and the movie. The book is actually like probably my least favorite chapter because it is just so strangely written. Same. Um, but I think that like the idea of Eowyn being in love with this person who both is someone to be in love with, but he also symbolizes escape and he in some way symbolizes what she wants to be. Um, 
And that is very compelling to me, but you don't end up with that person. To me, it is this very, like almost a very queer kind of love where you are like, I am like in love with this person, but it's because of what they represent. And so, no, I do not think they should have ended up together. I disagree disrespectfully with the hot take. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of like a, do I want to be you or be with you? Which I think is like a very queer feeling. Yeah, 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 and you don't, you don't end up with those. Like it does, or there has to be something else. Like, like, and so often, I think, especially when it is just like, yeah, this strange 80 year old man, (laughs) like strolled into my town and, and is like doing shit. And like, I'm kind of obsessed, but also that's because I want to go to war like him and I want glory like him. And I want to escape this place that I've been my whole life. Like, yeah, those are not things that a person can give you. Um, But Eowyn gets those things for herself. Yeah. And I don't think she would want to be the kind of queen that Aragorn would have. Like, I think if she was going to be a queen, she would want to be a Rohirrim queen. She would want to be somebody who is out on their horse and in battle, you know, like leading troops. I feel like if she had been in Arwen's position, she would have been, not that Arwen is useless and does nothing, but like, I think she would be more of a diplomat kind of Mm -hmm. position. And I don't think Eowyn would have been interested in that, you know, she's a very queer character. And especially with Faramir, I feel like there's, that's so queer coded for me. Mm -hmm. Such yeah. a soft, lovely boy. Soft, lovely boy. Oh, love her. Yes. <laughs> he is, he's good. He's so good in the book. I've forgotten how good he was until I reread it last year. And I was like, oh, it's King. He like, just like picks up Frodo and puts him in bed. And it's like, I will not take the ring from you. It's so good. I love him. He's, he's a very underrated character in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Healthy masculinity. Yay! <laughs> All right. Oh, okay. Let's see. Um, oh, okay. So number four. Tom Bombadil was a creep wow. and the book would have been better without him in it from Paul Johnson coming out hard and yeah, that's Tom a spicy Bombadil. one yeah um people love to debate Tom Bombadil I find mm-hmm. that he's and if someone's watching he was only seeing the movies Tom Bombadil has never been in any adaptation he is just nope. a funky guy that they meet <laughs> they, leave the shire. Turn. they yeah. almost get eaten by a tree they meet this funky guy and his hot wife they almost get killed by some <laughs> ghosts. He comes and saves them, and then they never see him again. Yeah, he um, gives them swords that, in the movie, they just mm, find. Yeah. Like, cool, great. That and he's also say. supremely powerful, and he can put on the ring of power and have it not affect him. And in the Council of Elrond, they're like, should we give it to Tom Bombadil? And they're like, that dude would lose it. So, <laughs> like, literally, that is in the book. It's so funny. They're just like, he is too careless. He is. He, we cannot give this to him. And so, no, I, I am delighted with Tom Bombadil. He is very annoying. Um, I kind of oh, hate yeah. reading his chapter, but it's also so fun. And I always have a soft spot for the moments when the hobbits get to, like, hang out and be chill. And like yeah. t- that's like a great they like get to eat bread and cheese. And his hot wife, Goldberry, makes a feast and then. Later, he rescues them. And then he's like, why don't you run around naked? And they're like, OK. And it's, so it's like the things that Tom Bombadil facilitates. I am here for them. I feel like what I want is I first of all, I think that <laughs> it's good that he wasn't in the movies. That would have been hard to watch. Very but, strange. Uh, Just you're very confusing. Strange. Not good for a movie structure, but uh, it, it's great that he was in the books. What I kind of want to see, though, is the annotated version of that exact description you just gave of Tom Bombadil. <laughs> Look, he's just a weird guy in the woods. He smokes a lot. He, he has a really hot yeah. wife. They fight some ghosts. It's very fun. He asks yeah. everyone to get naked. It's chill. Don't worry. I just, Fred. I want to see that. That must, be, that must be what they meant by he's a creep is that he's like, <laughs> take off your clothes and run naked on the grass, which is like a very <laughs> hobbity thing. And it's very wholesome. But I can understand. So like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't worry about it. We're in the cottage. It's cool. That's cool. Yeah, it's clothing optional on the Barrow Downs. (laughs) Just like an old ass hippie. 
just an old ass hippie. Yeah, he kind of just reminds me of like very fun, chill people that I know. So yeah, I, I support 100%. him. I'm happy Love for him. <laughs> happy for Welcome him and his hot wife. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. This is. I, I have a feeling you're going to have a strong reaction to how this many one. have I disagree I'm trying to figure out how many I've disagreed with and agreed with at this point I think all of them yeah so far all of them disagreed with all of them they're controversial takes that's okay. Okay. Yeah. all right this one oh this hurts to say I think you're going to disagree with this one females don't need to have as big a role in the movies females are largely unnecessary in the story this is from someone named uh autumn Encora wild thing to say yeah obviously controversial this is as controversial as it gets we just uh (laughs) i mean it's obviously stupid um calling calling people females is very bizarre but yeah no i love i love that they put more women and give them bigger roles in the movie i love it i i i honestly go into the books and i read the hobbits as kind of being like lesbians are being sort of trans mask and so it's like i feel like very seen by those characters too but like yeah, I, 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 that's, it's very silly. <laughs> there's, there's, there's there, a lot there of should be more women. Yeah. There's a lot of femininity in the stories and they should just own it and mm-hmm. make it, make yeah. it more uh, out there. And I know um, that there's a lot of like fan fiction and stuff about people sort of gender swapping characters. Yeah. And yeah. Stuff, there's which a is great awesome. article about Frodo, uh, like reading the book if, as if Frodo was gender swapped. And Frodo is such a damsel in distress. It's so. Yes. And every time people are like, how dare you ship them? And I'm like, if Frodo was a girl getting captured and locked in a tower naked and Sam has to sing a song to come save her, like you would not be saying this to me right now. You would all know (laughs) at the romance of it. It would be lovely. Yeah. It's so romantic. Um, Yeah, I would love to see more women in them. And also fucking movies are written by two women. Like, what are you talking about? Two females like wrote these movies. (laughs) Like that is, again, why we love the movies because they're... Directed by a guy with a really great action and horror sensibility, but they are written by women and they have mm-hmm. that emotional core. And like, I yeah. do not, I don't know. It's, I think it would have been harder to get that from a male screenwriter. So Absolutely. that's my spicy take. I love it. <laughs> I in return. Yeah. That's part of why this is in here. Cause obviously, yeah. yeah, it's, I mean, I think one of Peter Jackson's best qualities is he trusted a lot of women with yeah. his set. And yeah. Yeah. not a lot of directors would do that at that mm-hmm. time in the early 2000s, which had a, a bad misogynist streak. But like, yeah, I think that was one of his best choices in yeah. a lot of yeah. ways. Yeah. yeah. It's also, really, really cool. kills the witch king. How? I am no the man. Witch king. Oh. The, the whole, the point, the, the fact that she's a woman is actually the quintessential point. to the it's third the point book. Of it. Anyway, oh, <laughs> I got myself was. upset. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, okay. So uh, number six, uh, I'm gonna calm myself down. Uh, Sam could not gonna help. Sam could have carried the ring all by himself. Frodo needed the entire fellowship. Uh, he was weak-minded. Uh, absolutely, the product of a good team. He had a wizard to help him. Um, and uh, then a sports reference. He is the Tom Brady <laughs> of Middle Earth, which I don't know what that means. And Sam is the Bill Belichick. <laughs> Prove me wrong. This is from I mean, Crotch Op sixty nine. Crash OP69, where to begin? (laughs) (laughs) You dumb motherfucker. (laughs) Have you read the book? Do you understand anything? Did you understand anything that you read in that fucking story? You idiot. (laughs) I hate when people hate on Frodo. It's so, it's so basic. Everyone thinks they're so clever for doing so. It's literally, he is, I mean, if we want to go back to the religious allegory of it, he is the Christ-like figure that is sacrificed for the world. Like, that is intentional. I am not religious, but, like, Tolkien was a deep and devout Catholic. Like, that is very much the intention. But, like, also, 
Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. The gatekeeper the came in with a hot take of, uh, like, oh I, my goodness. The gatekeeper came in to explain the sports. I don't care about, I mean, I understand like what you they're what? saying. Oh yeah. <laughs> he said, Tom Brady won the Super Bowl without Belichick last year, which means that Tom is better than Bill. So that guy fucked up. And stop giving the gatekeeper room out of your gatekeeper. <laughs> He's agreeing that this is wrong. No, I appreciate. Okay. I appreciate a gatekeeper. I like, I appreciate the context. Yes, thank you, um, but yeah, no, it's just like, like they are very much the point is that it is the two of them at the end. And the point is that Frodo is this very powerless person. He has no magic. He has no strength. He really doesn't even want anything very much besides loving the Shire and loving his friends and his uncle. And he still volunteers to take it purely out of this, like, goodness of his heart. Um, to take the ring and it's like about protecting this person and he is bearing the weight of the corruption and so everyone else is like auxiliary to Frodo and none of them could bear it because their powers if they took the ring would be corrupted and even Sam if Sam was the ring bearer he cares so much about Frodo and loves Frodo so much and loves his world and loves the Shire so much and has so many desires that Frodo doesn't have that Sam would become corrupted like there's no way that he could carry the ring for so long. And so it had to be Frodo. It is his sacrifice. It is so beautiful and so poignant that the acknowledgement of trauma at the end, where it's just like, he cannot stay in this world that he saved. Um, But also, yeah, there's, there's um, an alternate draft of the Lord of the Rings where Gandalf gives Frodo and Sam elf names, which I cannot remember off the top of my head. Um, But they basically mean um, one who endures and endurance beyond hope. And Aww. Sam is one who endures and Frodo is endurance beyond hope. And so it's like Sam is the one who keeps going. Sam is the one who holds the hope. Frodo so early in the book is like, this is not going to work. We are going to die. But he keeps going. And it's like it truly is like the two of them together. Like they're honored together at the end of the book as ring bearers because it was both of them. So crotch OP 69. I will find <laughs> <like> you. <laughs> Meet me, name your place and time and I will be there. To battle I you. love that. Oh, I've, always felt of that. I've always felt of that take, like the fact that Sam gives it back is the reason that Sam isn't the ring bearer, you know? Yeah. Like he's there for Frodo. He never yeah. would have gone that far if not for Frodo. And like they they're they have the best friendship of all time, uh, or relationship of all mm-hmm. time, depending on how you look at it. It's just like, no, they're they gotta stay together. Yeah. They're they're only able to do it because they're with each other. Yeah. yeah. And the fact, like, like there is a scene when Frodo is paralyzed by the spider. Sam thinks he's dead. Sam takes the ring and is like, I guess I have to go. I guess this is the point of us all being with Frodo is the point that like if Frodo dies, one of us goes and then he starts to go and then he realizes he's like, this is the wrong thing to do. I have to stay in his body. And then he goes back and like discovers that Frodo is just paralyzed and now he's captured. Um, And it's just, yeah, it's like, that is not, that is Sam Gamgee could not have taken the ring. Like he, he wants things too much. If the ring had promised him I will bring Frodo back to life for you. I believe he would have taken it. And then yeah. we would have been fucked. By yeah, we, yeah. I mean Middle Earth. extension <laughs> <laughs> us. All of us, yeah. the people who mentally live in Middle Earth. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it would be such a bummer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, that's, uh, that makes my heart warm. This is why I cry at every ending of Return of the King. Every, every four or five of the endings. <laughs> uh, speaking of the endings, I'm going to actually skip a question. Uh, sorry, Connor, our amazing tech. Um, to uh, this hot take, the scouring of the Shire should have been put into the Return of the King movie. Mm. This oh, is that's a good. Yeah, and oh. speaking of, oh, oh, sorry, I, there's no source. I forgot okay. to put it. 
Yeah. And speaking of like, um, yeah, all the endings, that's very relevant. I love it's one of my favorite chapters. I would have loved to see it in the movie, but I also yeah. get, I would have made it. It was already so long. Like, I get it. I would love to see The Scouring of the Shire as like its own movie. Like it's 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 so much. It's I do think that it tells the themes of the story in a way that you lose when you don't have it, where it is like you can go home, but the world will never be the same as it was. And like you can fix things in the big world and go back and things will still be broken. And you need to kind of like take charge of that. And so there's there's I really I really, really love it in the book. So I like in an ideal world where we can release like six hour movies and (laughs) everyone just loves it. um, (laughs) Yeah, I think I think it should have been that would have been really cool. I wish they would have filmed it just for the extended edition. Yeah. Just so that the people who really want it could have it. But like when I, I've told yeah. you this story, when I was watching Lord of the Rings in theater, there were some people in front of me who were like more casual fans, I would assume from their reactions. But every time it went dark in one of the endings, they got up to leave and then they're like, oh, and it happened four times. And I'm sitting there and the back just being like, oh, they got so mad. At yeah. the amount of oh endings God. of the movie. And I was just like, this the scouring of the shower would have destroyed these people. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I, um, I, I wrote that article for Polygon about queer readings of Lord of the Rings and how I think it's intentional. But I've read a really interesting essay. I think it's called Unfairy Stories um, that is about this. I think that that's the one. I definitely cited it in the bibliography of my essay. But um, it's about the, the inherent queerness of the relationship between Frodo and Sam as they are traveling and then how that dissolves once the ring is destroyed and how it almost was like this world that the ring was in where things were kind of like wrong was also where like what could be perceived to be like wrong in Tolkien's time could exist. And so this idea of like when the ring is destroyed, it is the end of an age. Like it does destroy the power of the other rings. It destroys so much of Middle Earth and it also destroys this like sort of rarefied space that Frodo and Sam have been occupying for so long. Um, And so to me, the like the like like transition from that then into like the fourth age and all of this like other stuff going on and kind of like things changing is really poignant and really, really good. But I also get that that's like a complicated thing to convey in a movie. So, yeah, I'm going to be thinking about this all night. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So Peter Jackson, if you're watching this, which. I know you are. Yeah. Um, Thanks so much, PJ. Great to have you here. If you could please release the extended, extended edition with the Scouring of Shire, that would be excellent. If you need to go back and refilm and need some background hobbits, you've got a few bones there. Yeah, we we can fill it out. Um, Okay, I'm going to ask one more. um, That is uh, like a bit of a a big lore one. Um, uh, We're skipping one uh, to our tech, Connor. Um, uh, So the Cimmerillion is actually better than Lord of the Rings. This is from uh, Reddit uh, for a user named Copernicus111. That's a bizarre number. I haven't read it, so I actually can't say it, but that's a bizarre, that's a bizarre thing to say. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I uh, very much agree. Um, it's basically like the Bible. Yeah, I tried to read it. it yeah, mm-hmm. it's a it's a slog. Um, it, I think it's a lot of uh, Tolkien fans are just like, I made it through. It was my own quest and I got it. So therefore, I can hang my hat on the Silmarillion. Yeah. I'm sure I will so. read it, but it doesn't have the things that I like about Lord of the Rings in it, really. There are no so, hobbits. There are no yeah, hobbits. Exactly. There's, there's a badass spider. It's pretty mm-hmm. fun. That's true. There's a spider. There's a talking yeah. dog. I kind of want to read the Baron and Luthien stuff because I was reading about that a lot for my essay. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, that's a bizarre. I mean, that's just it's 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 funny because I think 
that Tolkien might almost agree with that. Um, I feel like <laughs> he's style. Yeah, like he, yeah. and I think that this is kind of something that, I'm only saying this as an author, but I think this is something that you say when you're an author and you don't want to talk too much about how personal the work is. But he always would be like, oh, I just wrote these books because I, I invented these languages and I needed to make a history for them. And I know that there, there's like obviously a lot more going on than that. Yeah. Um, but so I think that I think that like like there was this like odd part of his brain that was so into like constructing this fictional um, mythology and elven culture and elven language. So I think that Tolkien might agree, but I personally do not. <laughs> very, very fair. Um, before we before we wrap up for today, uh, we like to give people an opportunity because in case somebody who is watching or listening to this. Um, either as the video or the podcast is uh, is thinking, well, this sounds really cool. I've never seen Lord of the Rings. I've never read Lord of the Rings, but now I kind of want to get into it. Is there anything you would say to them um, as a fan to, to bring mm. them in or welcome them to the fandom? Oh, gosh. Yeah. I mean, just like come in with an open mind um, when you watch. If you're watching the movie, pick your favorite character and kind of be like, this is my person. It, I mean, they should be in the fellowship. And so you're gonna have to wait a little bit till we get to the fellowship. But like, like, yeah, sort of just like, like pick your favorite characters and let them carry you through the story because you're gonna watch want to watch this more than once. And so it'll, it'll take you on a journey. It's really fun. Um, and it will sort of like people get really into this. My friend um, Satori Owens, she's my friend who I like introduced to it last year. She has like a podcast with a friend now where he like explains the Silmarillion to her. And she's like, I don't understand this. Um, it's called that. the Silly Marillion, um, which is cute. And it's just oh, like, it's like it has this way of building community and pulling people in because it is this very big world. And so if you're interested in coming into it, like like it's there's space for you to come in and you can really come in and find the thing that you care about and there will be content for that. And there'll be other people who care about it. So that's like really exciting. So like Yay. good and good luck remembering everyone's name and Sauron <laughs> and Saruman are two different people. <laughs> you'll get it. it yeah. you'll, it'll you'll it'll come it. together after a yeah. while. I yeah. agree. Very poor choice. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's You're like right. <laughs> just Sauron and Saruman is like the mics of this world. Like yeah. there are just too many. So many mics. <laughs> yeah, my like memory from when my dad read me the story was like, it was before Saruman is revealed to be bad. But I was like, I, I was like, he talked about Saruman and I was like, oh, he's the bad guy. And my dad was like, wow, really smart of you to figure that out so early. But I, I was just confused. <laughs> but I was like, I'm going to take that compliment and run with it. <laughs> uh, thank you. And, and here I've never stopped today. talking about media criticism since. <laughs> Your origin story. Oh, Molly, I want to keep talking about this forever. But I know. Then, oh, we'll, we'll stay on afterwards. We'll talk. Um, thank you so much for being yeah. here. Uh, where can people find you? And is there anything you want to plug? Yes. Yeah. Um, I talk about Lord of the Rings. At this point, I'm mostly sharing fan art from other people, but it's at Hobbit Gay. And if you want, if you're interested in my other stuff, I'm um, at Molly Astertag, both of those on Twitter. I had a book come out a couple months ago called The Girl from the Sea which is a, oh shit. Yeah, you got it. That's <laughs> That's it. Yeah, it is a um, uh, teen, supernatural, uh, queer romance. And it's it's very close to my heart in um, like a totally different way than Lord of the Rings. But uh, that's, I that is a good book, I think, in my opinion. Oh. So. Yeah. And um, in Canada, yeah. which we also love. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you were watching from Toronto or anywhere in Canada. Nice, yeah. nice. Yeah. Oh. Um, but yeah, yeah, those, those are my things. And I just hope everyone has a good day, you know? I love talking about this so much. <laughs> yeah, oh, we're so glad that you you agreed to come and talk to us about it. So thank yeah, you so much. It was lovely.
Um, and if people are watching and you want to reach out to us, follow us, compliment us, tell us how much you like our Lord of the Rings swag. You know, uh, I'm at Stephanie underscore Malik on Twitter. I am at the Kaya Green and the gatekeeper is at Philip Demas. Uh, uh, this show runs every Tuesday at 9 p.m. Um, next week, um, we are going to be joined by uh, the amazing Jocelyn Getty from I Hate It But I Love It podcast, uh, The Beaverton and New Eden. Uh, she's hilarious. So please come check us out. Uh, the theme uh, to the show is Sparkle Mountain by Andrew Wong, uh, tech by Connor Lowe. Uh, the bumpers were by Sean Murray. And this show is produced by Bad Dog theater and cardboard sword collective yeah for a full list of upcoming episodes visit baddogtheater.com slash the fandom show uh love the things you love and, and tell other people tell about everyone them. about them thank you so much wait, wait sorry oh, one, wait. one more thing to yes. say i just yes. remembered no, there's um sorry <laughs> no it's great. sorry there's a the wondering.net which is this lovely like fan run website is hosting a bilbo baggins party in griffith park in los angeles this september it's I believe it is September, Saturday, the 28th, I think. It's as close to the 22nd as they could get. And so I just <laughs> I just wanted to let people know that that's if you if you end up watching Lord of the Rings and you're like, I need to talk to someone about this while drinking ale out of a flagon in a public area. And I live in Southern California. That's that's where to go. <laughs> oh, my God. There are people traveling for this one. There's, it's going to be a little Lord of the Rings Twitter meetup. I'm very excited. <gasps> that is delightful. Yeah, that sounds like heaven. So check it out. Don't miss it if you can, uh, mm -hmm. if you can get there, because yeah. I know I certainly wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or, or throw your own, because I think that that's a great idea, too. Yeah. Make it international. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Should we start one? Let's, let's talk about it. We'll talk about it. All right. Hit okay. us up on Twitter, everybody. <laughs> Thanks Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. Sonar! It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.